Back in January, uh, I was up here giving testimony. Uh, I think many of you were here. And uh, at that time, uh, the testimony was I was coming back to the Lord, coming back into the church, forsaking my wayward ways. And at that time, uh, I made a declaration of wanting to come back with a heart of service. Okay? And my meditation, therefore, is about that. And the question I'd like to put forth today is, um, first of all, who do you serve? Jesus on the cross, in Luke chapter 23, in his torment, in his ultimate sacrifice, there were two men that were also crucified on the left and right of him. Both criminals, both were there to be executed. And uh, one on his right, one on his left, one of the criminals who was hung there was hurling insults at him, saying, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal said, don't you fear God? Since we're under the same sentence, we were punished justly, and we're getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he looked to Jesus, and he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. So we have to ask ourselves, which one of those are we? Before the crucifixion at the trial, Pontius Pilate would offer the release of another criminal, Barabbas, in place of Jesus. And they asked the crowd, who do you want? And the crowd, a mob, was yelling, crucify him, crucify him. We want Barabbas. Only days ago, a similar crowd, well not similar, different crowd, was, was yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna as Jesus rode into Jerusalem. Again, the question is, which are you? Are you the one yelling crucify or the one that is praising God yelling Hosanna? In the world, there's a word, uh, it's uh, demographics, okay? And demographics simply means... uh, It's used for marketing, it's used for data analysis, in which things are broken down into categories. Men, women, uh, race, age, okay? There's many. You can break down a demographic into any number you want. The spiritual demographic, on the other hand, is very simple. There's only two categories. There's those in Christ and those that are not. 
Those that are not are living according to the flesh. John 3, 19 says that light came into the world. People love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. And everyone who does evil hates the light. The man crucified on the side insulting Jesus on the cross. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. For whatever comes out of a person is what defiles them for from within, out of a person's heart, evil thoughts come. Okay? Even the secret thoughts that God knows. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. Romans 8, verse 5 says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Again, those that are yelling, free Barabbas, and those who are yelling, Hosanna in the highest. Romans 12 Again, verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Obviously, what I'm talking about now is directed toward those specifically who do not know the Lord, who are not in Christ, who are not walking in His Spirit, that are still not transformed by the renewing of their mind. They're still governed by the flesh. But by transforming and renewing of your mind, the scripture says you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So the question I'll ask, I'll have to ask, are you in God's will? His good, pleasing, and perfect will in your life? Or are you struggling with the flesh, still loving the world? Where your treasure is, it says, that's where your heart will also be. And you can't serve two masters. You're going to love one and hate the other. Steve Jobs which I'm sure everyone knows if you have an iPhone, who died only at the age of 55. And one of the most influential persons of our time said on his deathbed, at this moment, lying on the sickbed and recalling my whole life, I realized that all the recognition and wealth that I took so much pride in have paled, become meaningless in the face of death. We have to ask ourselves, those that are not in Christ, what am I to do? For some reason, I've been thinking about the things you're talking about day and night. 
And everywhere I go, I turn, someone's talking about Jesus. I'm hearing worship songs when I turn on my iPhone or my radio in my car. And I switch channels as an evangelist on my TV, preaching. My parents won't let me stay home on Sunday. This, my brethren, is the calling, the beckoning of the Holy Spirit in your life. What am I to do? Jesus said to Nicodemus, okay, who came to him in the middle of the night, he said, and Nicodemus asked that question, what am I to do? Very truly, I say to you, no one can enter the kingdom unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Because flesh gives birth to flesh, and the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You must be born again. You've heard that many, many times. You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from, where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit, having been born again. What am I to do? Repent. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. When you repent, when you acknowledge your hostility towards God, your hostility brought about by sin, you will be reunited with the Lord. Because the Holy Spirit will enter your being, enable you to serve and to do the good and pleasing and perfect will of God. Whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. And in Luke 15, verse 10, it tells us there is joy in the presence of the angels of God when even one sinner repents. And I know many of us here are, are saved and we're walking in the Lord. But if there's only one, the angels will rejoice. Okay, how do we serve? How do we serve? We're born again. We have, we're walking in the Spirit. We're one with Christ. Billy Graham, in a speech in the Conference of the Baptist World Alliance, said that the commission of a Christian is two things, proclamation and service. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, which I just talked about. But how then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one they have not heard? And how can they not hear without someone preaching to them. And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? That's us, brethren. That's us. Those that are called and were being sent. That is as written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. John 12, 26, whoever serves me must follow me. 
where I am, and my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Ephesians 6, verse 7, serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord. And if anyone serves, they should do this with the strength of God provides so that in all things God might be praised through Jesus Christ. And we don't always feel it because every one of us, every single person here is going through something every day of his life. We're all going through something. But we must keep in remembrance, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do his good works, which God prepared us in advance to do. Being of one spirit and of one mind. Paul himself, again, in How Do We Serve, said in 1 Corinthians that I made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jew, he became a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, he became under the law to win those under the law. To the weak, he became weak. He became all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel. Walk in the spirit that you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And lastly, why do we, why do we serve? Matthew 5, verse 16 says, in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That's why we serve. We serve to glorify God. We're not a club. We're not a fraternity. We're not a social gathering. We worship. We glorify God in our walk in our deeds. It says here, if you're a light of the world, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do the people light a lamp and put it under, under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand so that it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify, again, glorify the Father in heaven. What are good works? An example, um, a man, a woman, walking through a parking lot, comes upon a nail in his path, and he recognizes that nail is potentially harmful in a way that can cause tremendous damage to someone's tire their car in accident, perhaps, ruin their complete day, okay? Does he continue to walk and leave that nail for its possible harmful effects? Or does he pick up that nail 
He doesn't receive any award. He receives no praise. He receives no trophy. Nobody saw him do that good deed. But he does that. He does that. He does it. That, that, so it is with the life of a Christian. Okay? How many nails have we picked up in our walk without taking a bow? How many seeds have we planted? How many seeds have we watered? How many have we har- harvested with a joy in our heart? Such as the angels in heaven also rejoice when a person repents. How many have we forgiven that have trespassed against us? With each of these occurrences in our walk in our lives, we should recognize and acknowledge with humility and even weeping that God used us for his good and perfect purpose, that he he alone might be glorified. And then lastly, um, I'll share a, a story, uh, an incident that recently happened to me. Um, and uh, it was an incredible display of God's providence, uh, his kindness, his goodness, and an example, a, a evidence of the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, as some, some of you might know, I've shared that recently, uh, because of a little need for finance, I started driving Lyft. And um, it's been, initially it was for the, the, the money, but I come to the realization, you know, like, wow, I've got all these people getting in my car. They're a captive audience. <laughs> They're not going anywhere. They're not going to jump out of my car. I have them from anywhere from 10 minutes to an hour sometimes. And it dawned on me, this is a ministry. Okay? That in itself is a blessing and incredible things have happened. But one story I just have to share. Uh, it happened the other day. And again, I don't choose who I pick up, where I pick up, where they go. But three young gentlemen jumped in my car. Excuse me. Three young gentlemen jumped in my car in the back seat, and they start praising and talking about this uh, extreme boxing thing that they have on TV, you know, where two guys pummel each other and bloody each other until one's knocked out or one can't fight no more. And they're going back at who's the best fighter. And uh, anyway, the guy in the middle, he goes to me, hey, driver, uh, what do you think about? Do you, do you watch the WPC or whatever? I don't even know what he, what, he, what he called it. You watch it? And I said, well, no. In fact, I find it incredible that people pay to watch that. When, if you were to 
exhibit that behavior and violence with your wife or your girlfriend, you would go to jail. So anyway, um, at that point, I looked, I looked in the mirror at him, directly at him. I asked him, young man, how old are you? He said, 24. And I don't know why. Well, actually, I do know why. I looked at him and I said, you know what? I'm going to make a prediction. By the time you're 34, you're going to be in church worshiping God. He was stunned. Okay? He was stunned. It was like we were in that ring and he just received a knockout punch. And um, he went on to say, you know, this is incredible that you mentioned this because we were just talking about going to church. So I went on to, you know, do my preaching, and uh, he was asking very good questions. And he was saying, well, you know what? I do love God, but I'm not ready. I'm not through with my fun. I don't fight. In fact, when I was younger, he said, I used to be like that. I used to want to fight. I wanted to beat up everybody. I don't do it anymore, but I used to love beating up people. I still like to drink. I still like to fornicate. I'm not through, you know, with my fun. And I said, well, you know what? You're the perfect candidate. You know, God wants you. He says, well, it's too much work for me to clean myself up. There's too many rules. I said, no, you're the perfect candidate. God wants you as you are. He'll do the work and clean you up. You just have to come. Now, anyway, as the ride was concluding, I pulled up. One of the guys got out a little early, about a half a block away. And the two remaining were still asking questions, and I'm still preaching. And, uh, you know, we got to the destination, and I realized they wanted more. They didn't want to get out of the car. (laughs) You know, so what am I to do? I got to you know, conclude this and go. So I said, you know what? Hey, guys, can I pray for you? And they, yes, they are. We bowed our heads and we prayed. And uh, the one gentleman doing all the talking, he grabbed my hand, he shook my hand. He said, thank you, Bernard. And I looked at him. I said, no, thank you, Carlos. You know, his name was on the app. And he, as he's getting out of the car, he says, oh, by the way, my name's really not Carlos. I just use that name on the app. My real name is Noah. And this is my brother, Isaiah. <laughs> that, brethren, was my knockout punch. I was stunned. Yeah, that was, that was God humbling me. That was God telling me, it wasn't you, Bernard.
anyway, um, to close this, I'd like to read, if I can find it, one more passage of Scripture. In John 15, verse 5, it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. And such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Again, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Thank you.